Alright, what is up you guys? Welcome to the Abstract Audio Podcast. I'm your host Derek. Hopefully you guys had an amazing New Year's or New Year's Eve, however you would phrase that. Um, But it's 2018, bitches. We're here. It's here. And uh, I couldn't be more excited, man. I'm ready to fuck shit up. I, uh, I know that 2018, without a doubt, will be the biggest growth for me as an individual um just hands down just with the brand and building it and establishing it uh this is the year guys and so you know obviously continuing the podcast for you guys um and improving that constantly and refining it um and then clothing like the clothing venture is the kind of the core exploration for the brand right now that really is the heart of what I envision abstract aesthetic to be and obviously with this being the abstract audio podcast it is kind of a a audio component or a side component for you know just myself what's going on with the brand the brand building um you know what's on my mind what is shit I'm interested in at the time and uh and i have <clears throat> i have hopes of bringing in a possibly a video component to that but i'm unsure of what avenue i want that you know i want to go with that um but it is in my mind my main focus though and the thing that has me the most excited is this product development you know the clothing creating the clothing for you guys um and just putting it out there into the world, man. I'm extremely excited to, uh, you know, to work on this shit and put it out for you guys. Um, so, I don't know. I'm just fucking extremely excited. I hope you guys share the same ambitions. I want to see you guys succeed. I mean, success is differently defined by each and every one of us. So, you know, whatever you guys aspire to do or accomplish, um not even just in 2018, but in life in general, um, I hope that you, you know, you pursue it, and, uh, you know that I'm rooting for you, so, with that being said, let's fuck it up, and let's get into the first story, which is, the sale of marijuana is now legal in California, so, Following the outcome of Proposition 64, the sale of marijuana from established businesses is now legal as of January 1st, 2018. The new law allows for businesses to sell the recreational drug without the need of a doctor's note, but restrictions and regulations are still in effect that limit this freedom to specific locations, districts, shops, and more. One such regulation, according to the Los Angeles Times, holds that Los Angeles, West Hollywood, San Francisco, Oakland, San Diego, Santa Cruz, and San Jose will allow for recreational sale, but licenses for the shops in these areas may not be issued right away. Riverside, Fresno, Riverside, Fresno, 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 (laughs) Uh, yeah, Fresno, we're going to go with that. Uh, Bakersfield, Pasadena, and Anaheim, according to officials, have not yet allowed for recreational sale and maintain selling pot for medicinal purposes only. Um, Additionally, an age requirement of 21 and over is still applied, 
along with a weight maximum of one ounce for recreational use and up to six plants only to be grown legally at any given time. Public places are still hold are public places still hold tight restrictions, for example, near public schools and playgrounds, um, along with locations where cigarette smoking is prohibited. Lastly, smoking while driving is still prohibited. Nevertheless, strong revenue arriving yeah, strong revenue arriving due to the passing of Proposition 64 is being reported by shop owners that have been allowed to sell legally. <clears throat> and with many hopeful for the realization of the health benefits and safe usage of marijuana. Uh, for more on the businesses of cannabis, read how analysts are estimating the sale of pot has breached more than $10 billion U.S. dollars and can reach more than $24 billion by 2021. That's fucking crazy. Um, I think this is huge. It's expected. I honestly thought that marijuana was, like, recreational use in California was already legal, but I guess it was just medicinal. Um, so this is, I mean, it's just, uh, it's expected, really. I mean, I didn't know, I didn't think it would happen this soon, but, um, I mean, it's, it just makes sense. You know, it's fucking ridiculous that we're still waiting on this shit. I mean, in Arizona, shit's still... I think sh- I think it's actually medicinal. Um, But I'm, you know, fingers crossed for legal... Or for legal... For uh, recreational use to be legal in Arizona. I feel like we're next. I don't know. I'm hoping. Um, But yeah, man. It's just fucking ridiculous that it's still legal. Um, You know, especially with alcohol and cigarettes... And all that shit, and the fucking, not to mention the, uh, the fucking pharmaceutical industry, like, that is fucking up so many people, man, um, so this shit is, it's necessary, it's expected, and dope, I mean, I'm excited to see the financial benefit of this, I mean, we've seen it time and time again, whether you start with Colorado or Washington, you know, all of these, everywhere that it hits, it just impacts their financial growth, like, huge, it's just like a surge, you know, and, um, and yeah, so hopefully, I, you know, I have no doubt that we'll see that in California, and I'm hopeful that Arizona's next, but, um, in related news, Snoop Dogg and Jack in the Box announced the Merry Munchie Mill, um, capitalizing on California's new cannabis laws. So, capitalizing on California's new marijuana-friendly laws, Jack in the Box is partnering up with one of the rap game's stoner icons for a new spin on the consumer favorite Munchie Mill. Appropriately dubbed the Merry Munchie Mill, the fast food giant's latest offering is a joint effort with Snoop Dogg and is set to hit three California locations. Uh... <coughs> an all-fried mix of late-night staples. The Merry Munchie Mill features two tacos, chicken wraps, our chicken strips, five churros, french fries. Five churros? Holy shit. Are they small? Yeah, they are small. Okay. I was like, God damn. Uh, five churros, french fries, onion rings, and a small drink. While some American fast food and drink institutions are getting into alcohol to expand their appeal, Jack in the Box is staying relevant in a different way. We are about welcoming all of our guests, no matter what they're craving or why they're craving it. Uh, explains and I explains I won't alter the company's chief marketing officer. 
for California residents interested in trying out Snoop Dogg and Jack in the Box's new creation, the Merry Munchie Mill, uh, will be available for a limited time from January 18th to January 25th. Fittingly, the items the item will sell for 420 U.S. dollars. Uh, in recent months, Snoop has been busy promoting his latest studio album, Make America Crip Again. So I just thought this shit was fascinating. Um, well, hilarious, really. And um, and smart, smart on Jack in the Box because this just reminds me of kind of what Taco Bell's doing or what they do with their, you know, their random like Frankenstein fucking menu items every couple of months. Um, it's obvious that it's not like a Mexican spot. It's like a, I guess Mexican inspired, like stoner spot. I don't know, and I think it's dope as shit. I think to see these these fast food chains embrace it is uh is really dope. Cause they, I don't know, it's just fucking hilarious. The Merry Munchie Mill. Uh, if any of you guys have the chance, pick that shit up and let me know how it is. I, I mean, it's just should just be the basic Jack in the Box food. You know, the basic fried food. I don't know, man. I really fuck with their monster tacos. And that wasn't on there, so. But, uh, I don't know. The deal sounds dope. It, the whole move, the marketing move, is extremely dope. So, hats off to Jack in the Box. And, um, yeah, just dope shit. Alright, now in into tech news. Uh, Spotify has been hit with a $1.6 billion US dollar copyright infringement lawsuit. Uh, more money, more problems. Following recent news concerning Spotify's increased valuation, the popular streaming service has been hit with a $1.6 billion copyright lawsuit. Uh, as the Hollywood Reporter reveals, Spotify's new legal battle stems from claims by Wixen Music Publishing, the outfit behind Rage Against the Machines, Zach De La Roca, Zach De La Rocha, I think, and Tom Morello, the Black Keys, Dan Auerbach, Tom Petty, Weezer's River... Cuomo, Rivers Cuomo, uh, Neil Young, Stevie Nicks, Sonic Youth's Kim Gordon, and many other high-profile musicians. In Wixon's lawsuit, the company alleges that Spotify is using records such as The Doors, Light My Fire, and Petty's Free Falling without proper compensation or licensing license. Um, the settlement agreement is procedurally and substantively unfair to settlement class members because it prevents meaningful participation by rights holders and offers them an unfair dollar amount in light of Spotify's ongoing willful copyright infringement of their works, reads a statement from Wixen. Spotify brazenly disregards United States copyright law and has committed willful ongoing copyright infringement. Uh, Wixen notif notified Spotify that it had neither obtained a direct or compulsory, or compulsory uh, mechanical license for the use of the works. For these reasons and the foregoing, Wixen is entitled to the maximum statutory relief. In the official compliant... And they... <laughs> compliant. Wow, it is not my fucking day-to-day, -day, guys. Uh, in the official complaint, that is, uh, Wixen claims that as much as 21% of the 30 million songs on Spotify do not carry the necessary license. 
uh, having filed the, the necessary court papers this Friday, Spotify's team of lawyers have also sent a letter to its clients stating that it would submit requests for exclusion in their names unless, within a short time frame, the client affirmatively prov- provided Wixen Music with contrary instructions, but that letter does not confer the requisite authority on Wixen Music. In sending the letters, Wixen Music effectively assumed that the recipient's license would grant it the power to opt the recipients out of the certified class. But that approach is contrary to law because the right to opt out of a class action lawsuit is an individual right. An attempt to exercise that right without express authorization is invalid. So, um, Spotify faced similar lawsuits in 2017 and 2016. So, I don't think this will have any effect. You know, and even on streaming, like on us, the listeners... I think we'll just continue to, you know, it's a headline. We passively scroll through it. That was probably pretty boring for you guys to listen to. It was obviously painful for me to read, but um, probably equally as painful for you guys to listen to. And it's just, you know, I, I, it's fascinating because we love that music is at its cheapest ever because we reap that benefit, right? We're just going to continue, you know, paying our monthly fee whether that be on Spotify or Apple Music, and we're just going to continue streaming, you know? Um, but I don't know. I don't know what necessarily is the right thing to do. It's just fascinating that there's this, you know, this robbery going on from artists, and uh, and these huge corporations are just reaping the benefits, and we're just kind of all about it. Like, we're just kind of like, uh, we're just, you know, on autopilot, I guess. Um but I don't know. So, yeah, I don't think anything's going to happen. Maybe they'll they'll file a some lump sum of a settlement just to quiet the Wixen Corporation down. Um, but I don't know. It's pretty fucked up because these stories are, you know, they happen all the time. It seems like where an artist or a corporation is going at these streaming services and it just kind of fades away. Because we, we care, but we don't care, you know? We, like, passively care. And if it involves too much, if it requires too much energy, rather, we're just kind of done with it. And uh, so that's why I wanted to at least do some part by mentioning it. Um, but, yeah, so Spotify hit with a $1.6 billion copyright infringement lawsuit. I don't know, guys. I don't think I see much coming of it, but uh, fingers crossed that, that the artists do get paid. Um, all right, staying in tech news, LG introduces the world's first 88-inch OLED 8K TV for CES 2018, uh, a week ahead of the event. According to reports, LG will, presenting, will be presenting a new 88-inch OLED display with 8k resolution at this year's consumer electronics show ces in las vegas um expected to one day be the largest and highest resolution oled television this display is meant to be an upgrade over the brand's current 77 inch panel with 4k resolution uh the successful development of the world's first 8k oled display is a milestone for the 8k era and underscores the exciting potential of OLED, um, said In In Young Kang, 
Executive Vice President and Chief Technology Officer at LG Display. OLED is currently a next generation technology leader and for this reason LG Display is accelerating its research and development into OLED so that we can provide differentiated products to customers and markets. Although there's no place for this new display, or there's no price, excuse me, for this new display, the 77-inch OLED television costs 20000 right now and only offers 4K quality uh, only. I don't even have a 4K TV yet, bitch. Um, and now there's 8K? Bro, like, what the fuck? Um, all right, with 4K televisions becoming more affordable and content, and content, Jesus Christ, man. Uh, and content catching up to the quality. The rush for the next big thing for TVs have begun. Um, and LG has begun the race. What are your thoughts on the on a gigantic 8K display? Uh, yeah, what do you guys think of this? Do you guys own 4K TVs? I mean, maybe I'm in the minority here. But uh, I'm pretty sure my shit isn't 4K. I just have like a generic ass... 32 inch tv um and yeah i don't know this shit is exciting though regardless uh of what i have i do like to see this technology develop because it only means that obviously the current technology will become more affordable and you know we'll just continue to develop to develop into you know a clearer and better picture so yeah kind of dope a fucking 88 inch 8k tv i mean you figure if they're 77 inch 4k is what they say 20,000 that's got to be some wild price right well because it's in that that tier of like dope product that is just for the select few right it's a newer technology so you pay a premium to have it and those that can afford it it's kind of like a you know I guess like a new Rolls Royce or some shit like that, like a very luxury item, right? Um, I would say what is forty thousand? Two is it, is it that ridiculous to think? I think forty or fifty thousand maybe, but that's completely just judging off of the seventy-seven inch four K. So, I don't know about double the price seems reasonable, but what is reasonable? They it's completely new to the market, so they can they tell you what's reasonable. Um, so yeah, my guess is forty thousand. I don't know, um, but dope to see. Regardless, exciting. I mean, I fuck with all the new tech news. So, um, all right, now into music news. A Travis Scott and Young Lean wasted demo has surfaced. Uh, so appearing on Travis's highly anticipated debut album Rodeo, Wasted reportedly went through several reworks before releasing with a Juicy J feature, a uh, lackluster Juicy J feature, in my opinion. Um, recently, a demo cut of the popular track featuring Sad Boy's icon Young Lean surfaced to the delight of SBE and La Flame fans. The unmastered Young Lean version of Wasted exhibits a lower, a slower tempo and quite a lot more usage of autotune, which creates a raw tone not seen on the official release of the track. Additionally, it has been noted that Young Lean was not the only person taken off the track as recording artist King Cruel also recorded verses for Wasted, which would have been extremely fucking exciting to hear. 
uh, King Cruel, if you guys are unaware, he's like this, I don't know what, bluesy, indie singer, like crooner, um, his album, I believe it was The Ooze, is uh, being talked about quite a bit, you know, in end of the year lists, it was clamored about, I gave it a listen, uh, a couple of songs, and um, I don't know, I didn't immediately take to it, but there is a very obvious and apparent talent that King Cruel possesses, so I think, you know, having him enter into, like, Travis Scott's world would have been extremely exciting, um, so I fucking hope we, if not this version, like, the final version of, well, I doubt we'll see the version with, with these collaborators on it, but, um, hopefully it's a sign that, obviously, he's on Travis's radar, and we'll get some dope music between the two artists to come. Well, hello, the three, the three artists. I mean, I'm excited to hear some shit with Young Lean and uh, Travis. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, King Cruel, you guys should check the album out if you get a chance. Uh, let me know if you fuck with it. Again, I didn't, I didn't immediately take to it, but uh, I'll go back to it and keep checking it time and time. Because he's like, who was it? I think Tyler had uh, posted on Twitter that he that he fucked with the album. And um, and I don't know. Like, just Tyler, the cosign from Tyler makes me feel like, you know, he just knows such quality music. I don't know. Maybe that's just being a sheep. I don't fucking know. Uh, but to me, it's kind of, I interpret it as Tyler knows quality music. And, like, just he, he has a very developed ear. So I feel like it's something I need to return to, you know, to keep checking and see if I fuck with. Um, but you guys let me know if you fuck with it. Maybe you've already heard of King Cruel. Um, but yeah, I believe his album was The Ooze. Um, sorry, staying in music news, Lil Pump and Smoke Perp have quit Xanax in 2018. Um, it looks like the new wave of rappers are finally cutting Xanax out of their life. Lil Pump took to Instagram to reveal that he doesn't take the short-acting benzodiazepine and anxiolytic anymore. What the fuck is... Dude, he doesn't take Xanax anymore, okay? Uh, by the way, I don't take Xans no more. Fuck Xanax 2018, he wrote in the caption. Um, similarly, his friend and close collaborator, Smoke Herb, reveals that also that he also has the same mindset we leaving xanax in 2017 he tweeted travis scott co-signed perp's sentiment by screenshotting the tweet and writing this tweet made me happy since september 2017 smoke perp has been signed to scott's label cactus jack cactus jack records um see the post below and let us know how you feel about their new year's resolutions um yeah, guys, I mean, I think it's dope. It's not that it's the hugest thing and it's not going to end Xanax use, but it is a huge factor, I feel. And when you consider it's not necessarily, I don't know. I mean, it's an ongoing debate, I guess, but I, I think these guys are just young and they, you know, they found success. They worked for it. And uh, now they're just experimenting with shit. 
And it's hard to say that they need to immediately be role models because that's not how life works. That's not how development works. Not everyone is mature. You know, not everyone is like in a stable mindset. Like maybe you do want to fuck around. Maybe you have a a tendency to be addicted or you want to try new shit. Just as any person, you know, it's, it's their prerogative to do whatever, you know, drives them in their time. As long as it's not harming anyone else, it goes the same for artists. You know, it's it's hard to say because then I also get the argument that. All right, well, now you know that there are a million people watching you, so, you know, don't talk about it or don't you influence them. So just consider that if you pick up a skateboard there's a kid out there that's going to pick up a skateboard, you know, if you, and similarly, if you drop, you know, you drop a couple tabs of Xanax or whatever, you know, there's a kid out there who might try it, and and so it's fucking hard to say, man, um, I think this is definitely a step in the right direction, though, it's not like it's going to end all use or, or, but it's kind of starts here, um, yeah, I don't know, it's hard to say, man, because we see, like, with artists like Russ coming out against drug use, and I forget what the fuck his shirt was. He had a shirt that said, like, you're stupid for using drugs, or you're stupid for Bobby Molly, or some shit. Um, and the internet kind of came for him. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I think his intentions were pure. And it's, it's uh, but it is somewhat corny when you get a artist who that's like their thing is like hey i'm the anti-drug guy but i don't know i i applaud um smoke perp and low pump for this i think it is a positive move regardless so um and i think travis sees that he and and so and i think that's also dope on travis to respond to it the way that he did um so dope shit man dope shit very dope uh, all right, now Earl Sweatshirt will release new music this year. So Tyler, the creator, made headlines last year with the release of his critically acclaimed album, Flower Boy. Frank Ocean was in the spotlight for dropping a few non-album singles like Biking, Chanel, Provider, and Lens, as well as making a few high-profile appearances on songs by Calvin Harris, ASAP Mob, and more. Uh, Sid, Steve Lacey, Haji and other Odd Future members also dropped music throughout the year. However, one member who remained relatively silent for the most part throughout 2017 was Earl Sweatshirt. Last year, the only official track he dropped was a track called Hat Trick. He also made beats for an EP that costs $111.11 and most notably released his Death World Fashion Collection. Um, just before 2017 concluded, Sweatshirt took to Twitter to reveal that he was, that he has new tunes in 2018, uh, in the works. Check out the tweet below and stay tuned for more music from Earl. So the tweet reads, new tunes, C-H-U-N-E-S, new tunes, 2018, don't think I wasn't at work. Uh, this is fucking extremely exciting to me. Uh, Earl Sweatshirt is such a talented lyricist, and his dark fucking, I don't know, just like lonely rap shit, like it's somewhat depressing, but it just captures a a vibe so well, 
and then with the lyrics he you know creates a setting and it's just i mean his his fucking album um what was it i don't do shit i don't go outside fucking phenomenal and then what was the dark ass there was one song in particular um there was a video for it it was like a cartoon video um uh it it was grief if you guys haven't checked that song out or the video even the video even better um the video is dope as fuck and the song is equally as dope so um yeah just extremely exciting if you guys are fans of earl sweatshirt out there i'm sure you're equally as excited um but yeah that's so dope don't think i wasn't at work um all right now staying in music news we have uh ninth wonder looking back on the harsh and enduring come up of kanye west this is a long one but it was fascinating to me and ultimately uh pretty inspiring so he writes um i first met kanye west in the summer of 2003 at smes music conference in durham north carolina uh fonte spotted him standing in the hotel lobby of the durham marriott so we walked over to talk to him we introduced ourselves his reply was yeah man i know who y'all are man i want to do a song with y'all uh so we met up with kanye in the studio and recorded what some of y'all know as i see now or i see no um i've never heard the song maybe i need to change that um along with the good brother consequence uh kanye then said on the song i can't front you got some hot beats uh after we cut the song kanye played us a few songs from the album at that time or that at that time several labels had turned down including his own the songs he played us was workout plan jesus walks spaceships and a song he produced for dilated peoples um kanye kept saying man people just don't get it I'm trying to do just life music. At the time, we felt the same way as LB, just music about life shit. Um, later on that night, Kanye hit me and told me that he needed to edit some stuff for a show he was having, so he came by. At the time, my uh, by at the time my two bedroom apartment, he came through with some dudes. One of them, you know, as you know now, as Dauncey, to get the show done. He looks at me and says, man, I, can I show you, can I show y'all a video? He reaches in his bag and pulls out a VH, VHS tape um, with Through the Wire written on it. We all thought it was dope, but again, Kanye went on and on about how BET was slow to play it because they didn't get it. Uh, I played a few beats from my computer while him and Fonte freestyled for hours. Ye pulled out a beat CD and played a few beats one of the beat, on one of the beats. He said, yo, this is this one is for Alicia Keys. Um, later on that summer, LB got a gig to perform in the Billboard R&B and Hip Hop Awards, hosted by Russ Parr and a new actor on the come up at the time, uh, Idris Elba. Uh, Kanye was there. Order of show. Wait, order of show. Kanye went on third. LB went on fourth. Ye performed one song through the wire to Crickets. No one clapped. No one cheered. Even the dude running the music and video cut Ye's backdrop short. Ye lost it. We went on to about the same reception. It was crazy because Jackie O closed the show that day. Um, 
About a month later, I'm headed to NY to play beats for Jay for the Black Album. Jay recorded to my beat, which became Threat, and then played me Lucifer and Encore. I called Kanye soon as I left the studio. Um, he, he told me, look, man, you got it. I asked Ye uh, what he had coming up. He said, yeah, man, I got a joint, a joint coming with Ludacris and another joint I got with Twista and Jamie Foxx. Um, he, asked, he asked me the same. I told him that I was going to record some songs with this, with this from L.A., with this rapper from L.A. named Murs. Um, Ye was supposed to open up for LB at Virginia Tech in October of 2003, but it didn't go through. I didn't talk to Ye until, again until he asked us to be on the college dropout tour in the spring of 2004. The same spring, Ye came to LDOC last day of class at Duke University. His opening act was a singer-songwriter who played piano. During his performance, the singer-songwriter asked could he perform one more song called Ordinary People. People yelled, no, we want Kanye. So John Legend performed anyway. The Kanye chant, or anyway, through the Kanye chants and the booze. I didn't see Ye again until later that year in Charlotte, North Carolina. He told me to come through to his hotel, so my nephew and I went to check him out. Um, I played him the three songs I produced for Destiny's Child and LB's Loving It. He played me Bittersweet, Celebration, and Late, and showed me at the time his clothing, or showed me at the time his clothing line pastel. Um, if I learned anything from the whole Ye and John Legend experience is that to this day, that chip on his shoulder is real. Outside of the tastemakers, people don't listen to music. They watch. They need qualifiers. I saw firsthand how Ye, John Legend, shit, even Kendrick Lamar booed and fronted on. Same hit songs, different qualifiers. No matter what, artists keep making music. People aren't checking for it because they don't People aren't checking for it because they don't know you, not because they took the time to listen. Uh, In time, the sheep will come. I just thought this was an extremely fucking dope uh, story that Ninth Wonder tweeted out. And um, I don't know, man, gave me chills even reading it for you guys. Um, So, yeah, just uh, I thought, I mean, that was the last story. And I felt like it was an extremely dope one to close on just kind of really uh echoing how I'm feeling right now just like you know just persistence you're gonna fail and uh and not everyone's gonna see your vision initially but um just continue to pursue because at one time to think at one time Kanye was getting booed and, and just uh told that he couldn't rap like his beats were dope but he couldn't rap and uh, and if he would have listened, he would still just be producing to this day. Or who the fuck knows where he would be. But his his limit would have been reached not by himself, but by what other people told him. And uh, and John Legend, you know, a fucking phenomenal performer, a, a insanely talented artist, to be booed and fucking told, no, we don't want to hear you. We need we want Kanye West. While he's performing Ordinary People? Bro, that's one of the fucking... That's such a phenomenal song. Um, But yeah, man. So just persist. 
just, you know, find that ambition, whatever drives you. And uh, just keep, you know, despite what people say, what they think, they don't have the vision. They don't see what you see, you know. And, um, you know, just continue to create. Continue to create. Um, Hold on, real quick. I wanted to, you know, continue to create. Reminded me. I posted some shit on Twitter. If you guys follow on Twitter, you likely read it. Um, But it's kind of like a mantra I have going, not necessarily for the new year, but just to create in general, just in life in general. So let me find that real quick. All right. So it reads, one, always imagine. Two, constantly create. Three, don't allow distractions. Four, the world is your canvas. Leave your mark. So the fourth one, kind of corny. I'll admit, I'll be the first one to admit um but in so many words that that is really kind of what i see it as is if you're an artist whatever your medium whatever you want to show to the world or whatever you create it's just kind of like you on a broad spectrum creating you know leaving your mark on the world because your art is what's going to outlast everything right what you create will last longer than you and So that's essentially what I mean. Like artists interpret the world around them as what, well, typically, I can't speak for everyone, but typically as what they see it. And that's what makes it theirs. Like, you know, um, but I don't know, man. Yeah, just have faith in your vision, have faith in your journey. And you know that I'm here for you. I'm rooting for you. Um, And yeah, I mean, just fucking extremely excited, guys. Uh again for me it's the product the clothing that i want to bring to you guys um of course let me get the first product out or the first like launch but then um i mean i'm even fucking excited to design the web page like just all of this create you know this this creativity that i can finally you know uh let let loose of and just to create in general is so energizing to me and uh i pray you know, that, that you guys find something that energizes you, or if you have that thing, that you just stick to it, because, you know, for the longest time, like, I didn't have anything like this, and now that I'm, you know, thinking about creating, and it's just, just all, whether it be product, whether it be packaging, um, all of this shit, man, it's so exciting to me, and, um, so what I was gonna say is whether, like, let me get the first product drop out of the way, but I really would like to do something like monthly drops for you guys. So where it's, you know, one product, but it drops every month, um, whether that be on the first or the 30th or a specific date in the middle of the month. I don't know. But, um, you know, that just seems kind of dope. And I would just want to, obviously that's part of what this podcast is. You know, I know I've been covering a lot of new shit lately, Um, a lot of that's just shit that interests me that kind of, you know, I have a little bit of an opinion on. And so I want to talk about it to you guys or with you guys. Um, but yeah, this is really the shit behind the scenes that I'm up to and that's exciting me and, uh, and just continuing to expound on that throughout the year and, uh, you know, and bring shit to you guys, bring shit to the world. Um, just constantly creating, man. So, 
And then obviously documenting that process along the way uh, with you guys, whether that be through the audio format, you know, being this podcast, through, like I said, whatever video format I choose to explore, um, but constantly having you guys there for every step of the way. And, uh, and, you know, you guys knowing that I'm here for whatever ventures you guys are pursuing. I just want to see, you know, success. And, uh, and I want you guys to see success and, you know, just whatever drives you, you guys go towards that, you know, focus on a feeling. It really does boil down to be as basic as a feeling, whatever energizes you. That's the thing. That's what you should be doing. It's not your hobby. It's not your fucking hobby. Don't go through a mundane existence just to do something that energizes you or that you're excited about on the weekend move towards that energy trust me it's something um so with that being said uh, i fucking love you guys and um yeah you guys will be hearing more from me soon peace guys